Hello, my name is Gunnar Dethridge, and this is my podcast called What's Your Medium? This podcast is devoted to getting to know the artists, the makers, movers, and the shakers that are making big things happen in our creative world. Somewhere during the middle of the pandemic, I realized that what I was missing the most were those interactions with other artisans. And on this podcast, we will explore the points of view and the ins and outs of my guests and get to the root of what makes them so inspired to create. So join me each week as we ask my guests, what's your medium? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Happy New Year. We've made it officially into 2021, which means that the dreadful year of 2020 is over, but the threat of imminent sickness is not, so we must do our part to continue to wear our mask. I would not be so heavily pushing on it if I wouldn't have had some crazy events happen the last couple weeks. Um, The last podcast, if you were listening, I let you know that my grandmother was diagnosed with COVID and she was in the hospital and... We suddenly lost her Christmas Day, and I've been dealing with the passing of somebody that meant the world to me. I have to admit, I like dreaded this day for my entire life, and now that it's come, I've just been trying to kind of process like what that means. And to be honest with you, the feeling that I felt the most was just this gratitude and this overwhelming sense of like love and just respect that I had for somebody. It's so crazy. We talked every day, and we talked about everything. We knew how much we meant to each other, and I think that that is such a special feeling. I'm just feeling a lot of gratitude. I've never quite lost anybody, so I've just been kind of navigating this on my own, and I would not be the same person that I am today without the presence of this incredible woman. She taught me to sew. She taught me to craft. She was the source of light and, like, unconventional love and, like, laughter and... Yeah, how incredible to like feel such an incredible love for somebody so much that it really makes you who you are, you know? Uh, It seems wild to me that this person is just gone. Um, We were just talking, we talked the day before, she was starting to feel better and then suddenly she just passed. And so I've just been kind of like thinking like, what could I have done, should I have done? And there's nothing, that's the thing about death is it's just so sudden and it just happens and the living are the ones that have to kind of deal with it and understand that. So I've really been going through those trials and tribulations of, of what death is and, and who my grandmother was to me and, and how it's affected me as a human being. I do have to say that the outpouring of support and love that I have received from my friends and everyone that's been around me, and it's just been really incredible. And like I said, it's the strangest thing. I did not expect to feel so much love from somebody that was passing, if that makes sense. From the people around me, to the bouquets and the text messages checking on me and the random calls and sharing photos and memories. and I just feel very grateful. I mean, I am mourning the loss of somebody that meant the world to me, and that's been very hard. And I've also had to take some time away from creating just so I can process this. But I have to tell you, she would be devastated if I stopped sewing. So I'm not going to stop sewing. And uh, I just am feeling very grateful. I'm grateful for the women in my life and the women that made me the person I am today. Women are these beautiful, kind, thoughtful, strong, powerful presences in our lives that guide us and 
the women I surround myself in my everyday life and the people I've surrounded myself with growing up have made me. And this entire episode is dedicated to women. And I am interviewing somebody that I've known for a few years, not incredibly close, but as an artist I've paid close attention to. Her name is Rebecca Rigo. She's an artist out of Louisville, Kentucky, and she writes music for the soul. When she sings, you listen. And when she sings, she tells a story. And to sit in front of her and to hear the story unfold is truly a gift. She just released a new album. It's a solo album called Songs for Cleaning Women. It's based on a series of short stories by Lucia Berlin, who is a woman who wrote a series of short stories. And after her passing, the stories really started to take off. And... I thought I would read a quote from Lucia's collection of short stories titled A Manual for Cleaning Women. Lucia writes, Time stops when someone dies. Of course it stops for them, maybe, but for the mourners, time runs amok. Death comes too soon. It forgets the tides, the days growing longer and shorter, the moon. It rips up the calendar. You aren't at your desk or on the highway or fixing dinner for the children. You're reading people in a surgery waiting room or shivering outside on a balcony smoking all night long. You stare into a space, sitting in your childhood bedroom with a lobe on the desk. The bad part is that when you return to your ordinary life, all the routines that mark the day seem like senseless lies. All is suspect. A trick to lull us, rock us back into the placid relentlessness of time. I thought this was just a very fitting quote for this interview, for where I'm at in my life right now, and a beautiful lead-in to a great conversation with my friend Rebecca Rigo. All of the music featured on this podcast is from Rebecca Rigo, and if you like it, you can find her on Spotify, on iTunes, or just on Instagram. to say goodbye said baby i know you're still good and here in the new place neighbors fight by the light of the moon i could hear a door slam but it makes me lonely for you i remember how you made me crazy and i'd scream and curse at the sky i don't know why god made me wild i don't know why i fail everything i try How are you? How has the release of the album been? You know, honestly, it's been about as good as it could be during mm-hmm. these times, which is um, which is really strange, you know, that just in the situation that we're in uh, as artists, um, but kind of trying to make the best of it and still producing art. And so it's been a unique experience, but honestly, it's been like so supportive from a lot of different people. It's been great. Yeah, I, I can't imagine releasing a a piece of work that really sets fire in front of a live audience, in front of when that's like not at all possible right now. And and mm-hmm. how are, are you doing live performances via Zoom or via online? Like, how are you navigating that? 
So we, I was really lucky is that I'd sent uh, this work to a woman named Lisa Kessler in uh, Chicago bef- like before the pandemic even started. And she um, she's the music director of a group called Eighth Blackbird. Um, and so they're like an orchestral, like kind of experimental orchestral group. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to do like a live stream, like release with them in Chicago. So oh, that was cool. really amazing because we were able to go up there and we did everything socially distanced and we had, you know, masks and we all got tested and like we sort of did like a week long practice with them and then did like a, a release. So we were able to have like a really interesting release that way. Um, and we'd like to perform the music you know other times you know hopefully we'll be able to do mm-hmm. another performance like that in the future um that's the only one that I've done so far other than that it's just been you know kind of doing you know doing some podcasts with people and mm-hmm. kind of just trying to like get the music out there on Facebook and um Instagram in that way so yeah something about your music is that I feel like when you watch it in person, you personally really connect to what you're saying and what you're doing. So it's like, it feels very poetic watching it. Cause I've seen it in a very intimate setting. I watched you with a living room series in Louisville and Mm -hmm. it just, it's, it's really, it's always nice to see somebody that's so in their element that you feel like you're invited into that space as well. And I like that about your music. I feel like because that's, because you can't have that right now, I'm, Sean and my boyfriend and I have been watching a lot of the uh, small, small desks, the NPRs. Yeah. I feel like you could do something really cool with the filming. I'm going to send you some links when we hop off oh, here. Oh, yeah. If you could connect with a videographer and just film you guys playing in a really cool place, yeah. just to connect, I feel like that would be so cool. We've been looking into doing a performance, doing another performance um, of the whole album like we did in Chicago. You know, the 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 performance was absolutely incredible um, with those folks up there. Uh, we did have, you know, just like everyone's kind of getting into this live streaming and we're slowly like learning more about it as we go. Yes. We had some technical difficulties like in that release performance. And so I'd like to do one that's like filmed. And because in in the performance, we had an actress that was reading from the book because, you know, the album's based on um, some text. And so uh, we had her, her do that. And so we'd like to do another performance um, like that in like a theater here or something mm-hmm. and, and try to get so that's that's great send me whatever you have I will so this album is titled songs for cleaning women part one mm-hmm. and so you said it's based on text where where did this name come from and, and why did it inspire you yeah so it's based on a book uh by a short story uh, author named Lucia Berlin and um Lucia wrote uh 77 short stories in her lifetime and in 2016 um, some of them were published, but they were published by small presses, independent presses. And then in 2016, um, it was they kind of reassembled a, a, a collection of her work and they put it out um, um, on FSG, put it out. And so it got just like on the New York Times bestseller list and um, just started to like gain a lot of international and national like praise from a lot of different people it's been translated into like many different languages Mm -hmm. now um yeah I just started doing that in like 2016 and um basically it took a long time for this project to kind of come to fruition I was not sure about how her family would feel about it and there was just a lot of different things as far as you know, I, I'd never done any a kind of project like this before. So I got in touch with former students of hers. I got in touch with 
her, her children, her, she has four sons and, um, I got in touch with them and they loved the project. They loved the idea. And, um, I eventually, you know, was able to make the record and put it out. So what was it that you connected with, with, with it? Is there, I mean, it's a collection of short, short stories that I'm assuming is just based on her life and and her experiences. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what was it that you felt compelled enough to want to create a body of work based on her and her experiences? You know, the work is written and uh, mainly about her experiences kind of during like, you know, some of it's when she was a child. So some of it's in the sixties, some of it's like, you know, she's living in San Francisco, like in the seventies and eighties. I think the main part about it is like, it's a woman speaking, you know, a woman speaking about working blue collar jobs, you know, so she's, she's a cleaning woman. She works in, um, she works in hospitals. She works as a teacher and she's like done all these different things. And she has this like really interesting, unique perspective about, uh, working in those jobs. And a lot of, a lot of the writing is about that. It's also about being a mother. Um, but it's raw. Like she was an alcoholic and she had like sort of a lot of friends that were on the fringe of society and a lot of different artist friends. And, you know, she had, she was married three times, but she, um, I think she and her last husband got divorced when she was about 31 or 32 and she never remarried. So she raised four boys on her own. And it was just the idea of like being a single woman working these jobs and still like having a commitment to your art and kind of like Mm -hmm. being brave enough to like tell something, tell like a story in a real way, but also like not being afraid to like be romantic and vulnerable. Like in the story, she's like, you know, she talks about falling in love and like getting her heart broken and like doing all those things too. So you're from the Midwest and and I'm also from the Midwest. So I think that there's something so special about those stories of, of just hard work and, and of, and of the dream, right? Because like we, most of us were not born into a family that could allow us to just step right into that dream. The hard work and the grit, I feel like is very connectable, which I now knowing this, like understand exactly why this was inspiring to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So the, it's just the songs amazing. are based on, on all of that then. Yeah. The songs are based on uh, some of the, you know, just the different stories, her experiences. Um, you know, one of them's based uh, on her experience in a detox in Oakland and, you know, just the whole story takes place while they watch a boxing match on TV. Um, and then, you know, um, there's another story that's just about her and her mother. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the songs. There's another story about her working in a hospital, uh, and taking care of a jockey, like that comes in after he's been like beaten up in a horse race. So we, you know, we live in Louisville, so we Mm -hmm. (laughs) had a connection there. (laughs) Very easily. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're, yeah, all over the place. Would you want to play one for us? Yes. Yeah. Let's do uh, it. What uh what song are you gonna play for us? So I'm gonna play the song called Mama. Okay. For you. I feel excited I'm getting a private show right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun. This is nice. Mama said nothing good ever comes from love. You soak your pillow with tears and smoke two cigarettes at once. And she'd write me old suicide notes 
least I knew she'd think about me before she'd go. She disowned law when she moved to Mexico. Wouldn't even let her in when she got sick and came home. There's a story God wrote about us before we could even talk. There's a wind that blows across Texas when I'm driving out here in the dark. And I think about you now. Put her on a boat when she was just 19. She chain smoked with the captain, laughed and drank gin. She was off then to marry Ed. All the things she could have done if she wasn't run by men. There's a story God wrote about us. Before we could even talk There's a wind that blows across Texas When they buried you with the stars And I think about you now In the ground She hated to see us grow and do well Have a future and get beautiful It's sad to say I'm the same way to you Every action I take's a little jealousy of youth There's a story God wrote about us Before we could even talk there's a wind that blows across Texas When I'm driving out here in the dark And I think about you now In the ground I really like that. I've actually oh, listened thanks. to this album. We listened to this album on the way to uh, Paso with Sean's parents. Oh, yeah. When you all were going yeah. to drink wine and stuff. It was just a really, um, it just felt very fitting for the scenery. You know, like it, it felt very like cinematic, like driving through the country and these like, beautiful rolling hills and this like uh-huh. lulling soundtrack in, in the background. And yeah, it was, uh-huh. it was special. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I wrote, well, I went, um, I made the album last year. Remember when I came through uh, California and mm-hmm. stayed at stayed at your guys' apartment with Sean? I uh, went up to San Francisco after that and made the record. So I kind of did that drive, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very close right to be- it. Uh, right before I went to go uh, make the record. So, yeah, maybe something. Yeah, very fitting in that. It just it yeah, felt yeah. like that's where it was supposed to be. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, is that is that one of your favorite songs on the album? I, yeah, it is one of my favorite songs. Um, I, it's like one of the most emotional ones for me where I feel like a deep connection with it. It's, you know, two, the story is um, two sisters and they're talking about their mother after she passed away and sort of, you know, they had a very tumultuous relationship with her 
And then they also kind of had, you know, a hard time getting along for many years themselves. And they're just sort of reuniting and then talking about their mother. Um, and so, yeah, there's just part of it that like I connect with on a lot of different levels. And I think it's, it's just a, you know, it's a really beautiful story. And some of it kind of just came to me when I thought about, you know, driving like through Texas, that's where her mom lived and grew up as a child. And like, you know, you think about like where you come from and I don't know, it was just interesting that way. Yeah. It's interesting how music can instantly take you there too. It's, yeah. it's just like weird crossroads of like of poems and something about like the phonic the, the way it makes its way through you, I think just mm-hmm. instantly feels emotional. So mm-hmm. it's cool to see how they're tied together in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think when there's you, something about that with music. It's like, it helps our cells talk to each yeah. other better. Or something. I saw a video recently of um, this ballerina who was the, the, prima ballerina for new york and they played her um the 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 uh, the music from swan lake and she was the the lead dancer in swan lake and she's in her like 80s or 90s and she's has alzheimer's but you see her going through the motions and the music just Mm -hmm. it becomes part of you which i think is really special and watching that was just really really cool it's it's that's like one of those few things that stuck with me about music just how easily it can transport you that's true yeah, it's like yes. there's something about it that's kind of like time travel and uh-huh. um, it can't, it's not really explainable in a lot of ways. Oh. There's nothing that explains the why the brain reacts to music the way that it does. Yeah. And it makes it all the more like magical in a way, like mystifying. When my grandmother passed, the first thing I went, I, I took a walk, but I, I put on um, The Wayward Wind by Patsy Cline, which I don't know why, but like, that's always a song that makes me think of her. And yeah, it just took me back to like long drives and like, it was just really special. Like I could feel like, like the, the warmth of the sun that just takes you back to those moments just so specifically. Oh yeah. Like when you, music helps you process emotion. It's like our easiest yoga you know, yeah. like get right in there with get, mm-hmm. if something happens, you put that song on. And it's always strange to me when I hear about somebody that doesn't listen to music or doesn't mm-hmm. really like connect with music. Cause I'm always like, Hmm, that's yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that's not my life because it's yeah. helped me through. It's such an easy uh, medicine, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we can get that album out or whatever that makes us feel better. So. I, I went to, went outside the other day. I live right in the heart of like Hollywood Hills, like at the base of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of people that live up here. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like you're subject to a lot of people's music, like in the beginning of the pandemic. I don't know which neighbor, but one of them was jamming so hard to the Spice Girls that like, I mean, we could hear him and them so clearly in our apartment. Uh-huh. But That's I walked so, great. Up, so you're used to hearing like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. like you'll hear the rap music with the bass, like pumping. But I went out mm-hmm. to get, uh, pick up some wine from a Postmate the other day. Uh-huh. Somebody was listening so aggressively to Mozart across the street nice. from me. That piano, the keys were literally screaming for help. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, somebody is really having a moment to Mozart right now. That's awesome. So That's it just so ties great. it back in. Yeah. Uh, when you're creating your album and you're laying out your songs, how do you, I've always wondered because a lot of artists, most artists, I would think you want to listen through. And so that way you get the story. How did you choose how you were laying out or did you follow the suit of, of the st- short stories in the books? No, no, I did. I didn't. Um, I guess I wanted them. I think when I sort of do that with the other albums I've made too, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a phonics thing. Like mm-hmm. you're sort of feeling 
for a vibe and it's the way you put together a set when you do like a live show where you're kind of like, okay, you want it to be a story and an arc that way. It's almost, it'd be like if you were writing a short story or, you know, if you were making a movie or something like that, you know, this has to go here and this is going to go here. And it's almost like you're following the phonics and um, the emotions of the lyrics too. You kind of like fit them together in like little puzzle pieces that's sort of how I Mm -hmm. I feel it you know at the time and in a way then when I go to do an album you know before I did this album I I have um an awesome producer and engineer that I always work with up in San Francisco and when we made an album years ago he'd always be like before you even go in the studio you should kind of like put together that track list like figure out where each song is going to go because then when you get to the end of it you're going to realize like, do I have an album here? Do I just have like a bunch of ballads or do I just have like a bunch of like dance songs or whatever, you know, you sort of have to like have that story. Um, And with this song, with this album, it was the same. It was like, how are these songs kind of fitting together? And I do have another batch of them that I plan on recording um, maybe hopefully this year because, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to put this part one out and then hopefully there'll be a part two as well. Yeah. So you usually tour with your group called the train men, which I think it's like, yeah. like such a, where we're from kind of name. Like it just it makes is, sense. Yeah. You're like lots mm-hmm. of trains, lot, lots of, lots of, uh, journeys traveled there. And so this mm-hmm. album is just you solo. And, yes. um, how was, how was navigating that again, doing another solo album? Um, it was really exciting. Uh, I'm going into the studio with my full band in another week, you know, we're all, we're going to do it safely and get tested and go into the studio and kind of, we got a bunch more songs and we're going to do that. Um, you know, which is going to be super fun, but it was really nice to kind of do it on my own. I did it with, uh, my partner, Tom Nato and, Um, he's an amazing producer and engineer. And so, um, he plays a lot, he plays almost all all the instruments on this record. I play a little guitar, but he plays most of the instruments. And so, um, I produced it, but he, you know, definitely co-produced it with me. And Mm -hmm. it was really just fun to kind of like not have to just have like total inhibition and be like, okay, what do I want this to sound Mm -hmm. like? No, one's going to fight me on it. Um, I can just kind of go in with these ideas and like piece and like weave them together. And that was, it was just so exciting. And it was kind of, it was, it like was such a confidence builder too. Cause I was like, okay, I could do this. Like I know mm-hmm. how music should sound on my own. Um, and that was great to finally kind of just be free. My next question, which revolves totally into this question, is what's it like to be a woman navigating all of those different aspects of that? I mean, obviously, you said this was like a very freeing experience, so I can only imagine having the the reins on all of these different horses as they're running must feel (laughs) nice. Yeah, it does feel nice. And, you know, I think as an older woman, you know, I'm going to be 38 in a couple weeks and not that older, but you know, I've been doing this for mm-hmm. about 20 years now. And when I started doing it, I think it, it was all men, you know, mm-hmm. it was all men engineers and all men producers. And now it's like, we're slowly trickling in. And I think it's, you know, it, it is that's definitely still rare, but like, you know, we're getting in there and like, we're building confidence. And, um, I do a little bit of work with a uh, younger singer songwriter, woman and um it's nice to just like be there and producing with her and being like hang on a second like what let's let's listen to her like let's give her a voice you know and so because 
think that's the most, that's the hardest thing when you're a younger woman and like you're surrounded by all these men in the recording studio. There's all this crazy gear. There's these microphones. There's all these like, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone's speaking in numbers and you don't know what's going on. And it's really easy to just be like, for someone to just like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know? And, um, the thing is, is that you do like you, you know what you want, you have Mm -hmm. a voice and kind of to like grow, grow into that and, um, really understand that. Like, I, I know what I want, you know? Yeah. I can, I'm, it ties really cool. I think into this album because this whole album is kind of a testament to like being a woman, you know, I mean, even from the back end of just producing it and like really coming Mm -hmm. through with what you wanted to people to hear and to feel. So I think that's incredible to to have that tie in and just it's such a nice, like I said, a testament to to womanhood and and the tri- trials and tribulations. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I mean, I didn't go through anything like Lucia Berlin did, you know, she wasn't a person to really be victimized either. But it's it's interesting to read her stories and you know, I talk with one of her sons, you know, just over the internet a bunch and we've had some zoom calls and you know he always says that like her dream was that there would be a young woman that would really like um connect with her work and like really find inspiration in her work and even if it was one you know one person that would mean so much you know that would make her whole life's work worth it so I just can you imagine being one of her being her son and getting the call from you being like hey I'd like to to make that into an album I bet yeah. I bet that was just that moment where he was like, wow, like she's, you know, she, she's getting what she wanted. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's what he says and he's, you know, he's great. And now, um, uh, Pedro Almodovar is going to actually make this book into a movie as well. And so oh, that cool. hopefully he bought the rights for it. And so there's all these little things that are kind of coming from, you know, she's going to be around. And I think her popularity is just starting to grow <laughs> right now, like in the collective consciousness of, you know, writers and art and, um, yeah. So, I love that. What does the next five years look like for you? Ooh, for me, uh, that's, wow. Do you ask everyone that? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, and, and the thing is, is that nobody really knows. It was like, what? We don't even know where we're going to be tomorrow. It's COVID. I, um, <laughs> um, I think right now I am, I've been working for many years having a dream to sort of grow some kind of um artist artist space where I can work um and invite other people into work and sort of incorporate um music food I'm also Mm. doing I'm also been a personal chef for you know the last I've been always into cooking, but sort of took a job as a personal chef for the last year or so, um, and kind of getting really deep into nutrition and, um, and I, and I've also been cooking for bands in the studio, you know, when they go to record. So that's part of the reason I come to California is I'll come out there and I'll cook for some bands while they're recording music, because I feel like those things are all connected, you know, the way we make art, those things we eat, those, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and so that's my goal and my dream is to have, is sort of create a space here in Kentucky somewhere where um, people can come, you know, do design or do, yeah. you know, whatever, do, and then have good food at the same time. So. You recorded part of your last album, or even the whole part, the whole of, speaking of which is in Bonavera studio, right? And yes. so was that kind of like a, 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 an experience similar to that, where it was like this yes. very collaborative, like, 
Yeah, I think it's cool that you walked away from that Bonavere experience. I mean, just being in the studio, which is cool to work in a very professional studio, but to walk and be like, I want this collaborative environment and to build that out. That's what he's, I mean, when, I don't know if that's still how that, that studio is operating right now. I know they had to kind of shut it down for a little bit and um, they're rehabbing a bunch of it to kind of get it back up and going. Um, But that's definitely where I was like, I saw that dream, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought he's doing this and of course, you know, he's kind of got a ton of financial success with his music, rightfully, because I love everything he does. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I thought, man, there's, there's room to do this everywhere. And why shouldn't we be doing this everywhere? We need to be coming together. And in that space, there was beautiful visual art. There was like amazing, obviously music happening, but there also had like, um, a woman on there that was just cooking food all the time. And so it's just like, and it was in a, you know, beautiful like country. So you could just be like out, you know, with nature as well. So it's like, we need to have more of that. Like that's Mm. what life is about. Like we need to come together over art Um, and, you know, and everyone's going to be happier, hopefully. I mean, what I think will probably be closer to a year and a half of being shut off from that close connection. Mm-hmm. We're going to be craving collaboration. And yes. like we we have a lot of nourishing of that like inner artist that we're all yes. going to have to do. So I think it's going to be really special to see how we just bloom after this mm-hmm. drought in, in a way. Uh, it's definitely true. I cannot wait. And mm. I, I am not cynical about it at all. I know some people are worried about, will this come back? Will this come back? Will this come back? And it's like, yeah. Of course. Of course it will. Like yeah. we have to, this is the only way we will survive. Like we need this more than anything else. So if we've learned about anything about humans, it's that we like things that we like and we're going to do them regardless. And mm-hmm. that goes especially for art. Cause you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something for the soul we have to have it mm-hmm. um so yeah, i like too. i like to end my my interviews with a series of little rapid fire questions wonderful yeah <laughs> and um i've these are catered to you so i just am curious to see um what is your go-to album like any classic album that mm-hmm. you can always listen to oh my go-to album i feel like i'm gonna think of a hundred once i say this one um, you can name off a few i'll even let you have a few oh i can have a few um, I'm going to say one of them is Jackson Brown's Running on Empty. Mm-hmm. I always love that, love that album. Um, I always love, um, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. I always love, um, what else do I always love? I've been, the last few years I listen to, um, Phoebe Bridgers all the time. Oh Things God. I know. So good listen to it all the time. I listen to, um, what else do I always like kind of go for? I guess this is like going into a lot of different ones, but, um, uh, and I'm looking at a record record collection right now. <laughs> Scanning. Yeah. What else? What else would be there? Um, I'd also say like something Wilco maybe like Jeff to like, that Jeff Tweedy solo album. I love that mm-hmm. album all the time. I like a lot of acoustic music. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I do. I find myself attracted to certain parts of it. Like Simon and Garfunkel for me is mm-hmm. weirdly very nostalgic, but it's weird because I don't mm-hmm. think that we necessarily grew up listening to a lot of Simon and Garfunkel. I think yeah. I just connected with it. 
Um, so yeah, it's interesting how uh, certain albums just take you there. Like Rumors, like I can't help oh, but love. Yeah. That's another I mean, one. God, yeah. it's like those, those, uh, there are certain albums where it's like, I could sing every word too. And just yeah. so good. Yeah. Like the other day, I, like recently somebody put on an Indigo Girls album. And like, oh my gosh. Yes. You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to take us around and listen. And we would drive like around the country and like go to Indigo Girls shows and stuff. And so I was like, I haven't heard these songs in oh. know, 20, 25 years. And I'm going to still know. I know. Yeah. Hear, you know, every word. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, every one. Know it. <laughs> um, if you could play with any artist dead or alive, who would you choose? Ooh, any artist dead or alive. Um, uh, I would say Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. alive. Sean's mm-hmm. parents would love you for that. I know that's, we always, yeah. me and Sean have been, um, saying for years that me and his mom are going oh to get together God. and go to see Springsteen someday. They have traveled the world multiple times to see Bruce Springsteen. Oh my God. I've, I've been to like seven shows. I love, love, love them. <laughs> I I, love the, during the pandemic, I've been like, will I see Springsteen again? Will he tour again? That's like been on my mind almost like every week. <laughs> he has such a cult following that I, I can't imagine him not at least doing one farewell tour, at least you, one. You have to go to one show in I your will. life before I will, you yeah. die. You have to go to one show. Yeah. I, I can't imagine it would be anything less than spectacular. It's yeah. Religious. Uh, if you could no longer <laughs> sing or play music, what would be the art form of your choice? Oh, yeah, it would probably be cooking. Mm. I would just continue to make food. I've been, you know, doing that more and more. And yeah. 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 Feels mm-hmm. fitting. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, what is your guilty pleasure that you've been indulging in lately? Oh, oh my gosh. You know what I've been watching? That This is just... This time of year gets me with some of these Netflix shows and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm watching that Virgin River. Have you seen that? <laughs> Not yet, but it's, it's on my list. It's on my list because <laughs> I love a good cheesy Netflix show. It's like I the do. worst. I'm like, I can't believe I'm still watching this. I can't believe I'm still watching this. But it's beautiful. It's yeah. filmed like in the Pacific Northwest or something. Oh, which is like if I could live anywhere in the world, it would be the Pacific Northwest. It's where yeah. I belong. It's um, filmed up like there, up by Orcas Island, I think. Oh, you know I love I know. Orcas Island. I know. I've been I up know. there so many times. Yeah. So if people want to find you on social media and listen to the album, where can they find you? Yes. Um, I have um, a Facebook, just Rebecca Rigo, um, and the Trainman is mm-hmm. on Facebook, but Instagram is probably better. It's like at uh, Rigo Music, R E G O Music. Um, and then Spotify, Rebecca Rigo, or Rebecca Rigo and the Trainman were on Amazing. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited you came on today, and I'm grateful that you're sharing this work with the world. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you and talk to you. And, I know, in these crazy yeah. times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss you guys. I can't wait I miss to you too. Trip oh, yes. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. This podcast was recorded a few days after hearing my grandma's passing. So if you hear the sniffling, I wasn't sick. I was really fighting back tears. And Rebecca was like a warm hug. Talking to her always is. The intro music to our conversation this week is one of my favorite songs by Rebecca. It's a song that moved me the first time I heard it. It's called Worst Days. And we're going to end this podcast with one of my favorite songs she's ever written called No One Knows Me. I drive around, I just listen to sad 